Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia Dean. Today is Tuesday, April 5th. Coming up, fentanyl overdose deaths in the Kansas City area have soared recently, but some healthcare providers say Missouri is unprepared to deal with this new phase of the opioid crisis. What we've done in the past historically have not worked, and specifically for the black community, it has not worked because if it was working, why are overdose deaths increasing so significantly among the black population? But first, some headlines. The University of Kansas men's basketball team has won its first NCAA championship since 2008. Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports. This is the moment Jayhawks fans saw their team win the national championship. Kansas trailed by 15 points at halftime, and some fans were literally praying for a comeback. Their prayers were answered. For Natalie Fish, this was the first time she experienced a championship run. The halftime deficit kept her on the edge of her seat. I was very worried, but I knew KU had it in the bag, and they were just going to secure it real quick. The Jayhawks' March Madness run also saw them become the all-time winningest team in college basketball history. School board members in several districts across the area will be up for election today. KCUR's Jody Fortino has more. In recent years, school board meetings have been at the front lines of issues like COVID precautions, curriculums about race, and books in school libraries. Several of the area's biggest school districts will be holding elections Tuesday to determine whether and how those issues will be addressed. Among them are the Liberty, Lee Summit, Independence, North Kansas City, Raytown, Blue Springs, and Park Hill school districts. The Park Hill and North Kansas City districts will also ask voters to approve bonds for building and renovating school facilities. A trial over a new congressional map in Kansas began yesterday in Wyandotte County. Civil rights groups and some residents say the map waters down the influence of people of color by splitting Wyandotte County into separate districts and lumps Democratic Lawrence in a heavily Republican district. Their attorneys argued the new map is gerrymandering to help Republican candidates. Faith Rivera is one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. I hope that they see that this is um, this is blatant um, and I hope we get justice. Attorneys for the state argued the growing population in eastern Kansas required lawmakers to make the changes. The trial is scheduled to continue through tomorrow. The Kansas Bureau of Investigation says a two-year-old caught up in a hostage situation in southeast Kansas was killed by a police officer last month. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports. The KBI issued a statement Monday with preliminary findings from the shooting on March 26th in Baxter Springs, Kansas, just outside Joplin, Missouri. Police say 37-year-old Eli Crawford had barricaded himself inside a camping trailer with two-year-old Cleslin Crawford after he shot and killed her mother, 27 seven-year-old Taylor Shute. Authorities say Crawford shot 90 rounds at officers. He was later found in the trailer with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. KBI says the two-year-old was killed by a single round shot by a Joplin police officer. The investigation is ongoing. Some students in the Shawnee Mission School District are masking up once again. Kyle Palmer explains why. Six Shawnee Mission elementary schools have reimposed mask rules for all students and staff due to increased rates of student absences. The district made masks optional back in February, but also said that if 5% or more of a school's students are out due to illness, then mask rules would be brought back. 
It's unclear how many, if any, students at the six impacted schools have been diagnosed with COVID-19. District officials say some parents have been calling their kids in sick for both a gastrointestinal illness and influenza. Masks will be required at these six schools for at least the next two weeks. Hey, thanks for listening to Kansas City Today. It's the only daily news podcast in our region, and it's only possible thanks to you. KCUR is a nonprofit news station, so we rely on individual donations to make this podcast. Not advertisers, we rely on you. If you haven't already, you can support our work with a donation of $5 or $10 a month at kcur.org support. Thank you so much. Fentanyl is driving an overdose crisis in Missouri that's proving to be especially deadly for African Americans. Now, Kansas City is starting to see the effects, but health experts say existing efforts to treat drug addiction aren't helping the people who need it most. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. A decade ago, Missouri's opioid crisis was fueled by prescription pills and largely affected rural, mostly white communities. But in the last five years, the crisis entered a new phase, one dominated by fentanyl and focused in urban spaces. Morris Lockett saw this change firsthand. The St. Louis resident used drugs for most of his life and ended up spending 17 years in prison. When he returned home in 2019, he found the scene had transformed. I mean, the drugs that were normally on the street wasn't on the street, and the drugs that was on the street was pretty much laced with fentanyl. It didn't matter if someone was looking for heroin or cocaine. Morris said it was hard to find any drug that didn't contain the incredibly potent and deadly synthetic opioid. Fentanyl's toll was devastating and immediate. Starting in 2016, the opioid overdose rate among black men across Missouri began climbing to nearly three times the overdose rate for white men. And now, Kansas City is seeing fentanyl overdoses increase here, too. One of the most effective weapons in the fight against opioids is medication-assisted treatment, where a patient takes a drug like buprenorphine every day to prevent cravings. This method has been shown to reduce both withdrawal symptoms and overdoses and keep people engaged in treatment for longer. But in Missouri, it's hard for people to access that help. Rachel Winograd of the Missouri Institute of Mental Health says that's because many treatment programs require patients to do extensive screenings or commit to therapy. We are making it so hard to get treatment that it is next to impossible for a lot of people who are out there in really, really struggling. These barriers leave people waiting for treatment or having it taken away before they're ready. Winograd has helped guide state efforts that encourage treatment programs to get rid of some requirements and provide medications to patients on the same day they start looking. In one study, researchers found that Missouri programs that adopted this approach saw the use of medications nearly double. These patients stayed in treatment longer, and the state saved money by preventing the need for additional future treatment. Utilization of buprenorphine and methadone, the two most efficacious medications for treating opioid disorder, has broadly increased over the last four years. Although some treatment centers in Missouri have expanded their use of medications, many haven't. Often that's because of different treatment preferences, including taking an abstinence-only approach. 
In Kansas City, a lack of treatment access is already proving deadly. The city reported 145 opioid overdose deaths in 2020, an increase of more than 50 percent from the previous year. And local experts say the number of overdoses is going up still. There is some movement on the state level. The Missouri Department of Mental Health launched a new campaign this year to reduce more barriers to medication-assisted treatment and train more medical professionals in prescribing these drugs. Dr. Kanika Cunningham, who helps many black residents through recovery in St. Louis, says that effort is welcome but overdue. Unfortunately, it took for this pandemic on top of this to really exacerbate this, I guess, for for some people to see that this has been an urgency for years. Because of socioeconomic factors and targeting by crime organizations, it's now black communities in places like St. Louis that are bearing the brunt of fentanyl. As of 2019, Missouri had the third highest black overdose rate in the country, while the rate for white residents had dropped below the national average. To turn this crisis around, Cunningham says, Missouri must confront long-standing problems such as treatment deserts and mistrust of health care that have left black communities without the resources they need. What we've done in the past historically have not worked, and specifically for the black community, it has not worked. Because if it was working, why are overdose deaths increasing so significantly among the black population? For KCUR 89.3, I'm Alex Smith. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Alex's story about fentanyl in Missouri, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear why some civil rights groups are challenging the new congressional map in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.